Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video and podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month, we're going to talk about the effects of technology and media on family life, and especially how to utilize it in your families while keeping your kids safe from some of the dangers. So as always, we have a special guest. Will you please introduce yourself? My name is Jody Blundauer. I'm the youth minister at Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in McCartyville. I'm also a wife uh, to my husband, Mike, and a mom to Ethan, who's 15, Addison, is 13 going in the eighth grade and Olivia is nine going into the fourth grade. So a sophomore, eighth grader and a fourth grader. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. So you certainly have kids at the ages of really getting into the thick of trying to figure out how much freedom to give them, how much restrictions to have and all that sort of thing. Why don't we start though? What are some of the positive things, right? That you would say about media and technology that are good for your family that you wouldn't say, let's all move to the desert (laughs) and get away from it all, right? What are some of the good things that you can say about technology and media right now? I definitely think there are goods to it. I have family that live all over the country. So our brother lives in North Carolina and brother-in-law in in DC and just friends from a lot of different places. So I think technology has really revolutionized how you stay in touch with people. It gives us an opportunity to be up to date on things that might interest us. Back in the day, I'd have to go to the library to research and I find my kids doing all their research work on their phone getting their their research paper done and everything like that. I'm like, wow, I never had that kind of resources. So well, what are some of those concerns that either you've experienced or you've heard about that, you know, that having kids online or even watching television, perhaps even, which is a whole different issue that have come up with your family? I think concerns, especially we're very much a pro-life Catholic family, just like in regards to the social media is what they're being exposed to when they're not even looking. Like I talk to my kids a lot. It's like, I trust you 100%, but I don't know what other people are posting, what other people are saying. So you have to be aware of what you're scrolling through. What are you spending your time? Because you and I probably both know I'll get in bad habits where I'm like, I'm just checking my emails. And then all of a sudden I look and it's 20 minutes later. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just wasted all that time. So being aware of what you're consuming And I think other concerns like for us is their friends like iron sharpens iron. So who you are being connected to in your different social media aspects, you know, what message are they sending? What message are you sending? When you send a a meme that you think is funny, but it's degrading disabled person or something like that is not sending a good message. And that's reflecting on you as a person that you're willing to send that meme out to a friend or to a group chat or something of that sort. So being aware of the message that you're sending, but also being aware of what else is out there and what you're being exposed to. You're referring a lot to social media, it sounds like. You present yourself online, what you're exposing yourself to online, those ways, what kind of people, what are their beliefs. We could also talk about even turning on the television the experience, like, oh my gosh, I thought that was going to be a, just a fine television show, but it turns out it's not. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? it was interesting because it happened last night. My nine-year-old, I was tucking her to bed. We said a prayer. She's like, mom, I need to talk to you. And I was like, what's up? She was like, well, when you were gone... 
I was watching, I think it's called Big Shots. It's on Disney and it's about this basketball coach. And we watched episodes together and yeah, occasional language issue, that kind of stuff, but pretty good. And I was like, yeah, babe. She's like, well, I wanted to watch the next episode. I know you weren't home. So I was going to watch it because I had my time for TV. I was like, yeah. And she said, well, it was weird because, you know, so-and-so, like she started talking about how she had feelings for another girl. And then she kissed the girl mom. And I was like, oh, so like two girl. Yeah. And it wasn't like someone kissing their mom. And I was like, well, what did you do? And she goes, well, I turned it off because I knew that it wasn't right. And so then we had a long discussion on that. I think those things happen every day. I think they happen in every TV show that you could pull up. There's going to be something that goes against our Catholic faith. You know, I've been trying to look at it because I know that I can't keep my kids in a desert and I can't keep them shielded from life and what the world's going to be like. I would rather them experience those things at home with me and their dad so that we can talk about them and learn from it than send you out to, you know, be on your own. And that's where you experience all these things. So we definitely try to have time limits on things, but we definitely like to have discussions and let them know that we're always here to communicate, to talk to, and when they have those things, like have those discussions. And she was like, mom, I didn't mean to turn. I didn't. I was like, sweetie, you didn't know. Like you thought it was going to be a good show. That's what we're talking about, about being aware of what you're consuming. You saw something that you didn't agree with. And so you turned it off and won't go back to that. That's so awesome that your children are ready to just open up and tell you, hey, this is what happened. Don't feel like they're hiding it, you know, or something like that. So that, yeah. that's, a, that's a gigantic piece right there that you have a relationship yeah. Mm -hmm. their children that they're willing to talk about it because i'm sure there are people particularly with teenagers and preteens right who are like mm -hmm. how did that's not at all i can tell you right now my child does not have that kind of relationship with me right how do you build a relationship that even would be like that what kind of advice do you have for parents on that my preteen is no longer like they were when they were six years old they don't want to talk to me about anything i completely get it and please don't think that we have those days, many oh, days yeah. also. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is letting your children know that you're there for them and that you do trust them. But we are very adamant about having discussions that are uncomfortable. So we see something or even like you listen on the radio and you hear something and like, all right, let's have a discussion about that. What was good about that? What was bad about that? And I think that's a big place to start is asking the what, the how and the when questions. Ask your kids open ended questions. Let them play it out and let them think so that they can start critically thinking on their own instead of being told this is how you have to do it. This is what you have to do. But let them critically think and have a discussion with you and role play it like, OK, this situation. What's going to happen if you're on the bus and someone pulls out their phone and they show you some pornography? What are you going to do? And let them practice that. Let them practice what those conversations are going to look like, because I promise you, your kids are seeing stuff at third and fourth grade that you probably haven't seen maybe ever in your life. I think asking those open ended questions and not getting upset when you hear responses that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't teach my kid to do that. Why are they doing that? And immediately take it in as you as a parent have done something wrong. Like they're growing up in a very different world than we grew up in. And so to model your faith and to ask open-ended questions and to hug them and love them and to just be there for them, I think is a big thing. I think the big thing is we have limits. 
We also have consequences for actions. So my kids open up, but they know that when something happens or they've done something that they know we're not going to approve of or they know is wrong, we have very open dialogue in regards to, hey, you know what, buddy, I would rather hear it from you than to hear it from so-and-so's mom at the baseball game or from your teacher. I'd rather hear it from you first and then have discussions on that and to let them know that their actions do have consequences because I think that is a good teaching point in regarding to making them accountable because right now there's just a, not a lot of accountability when it comes to doing things. Hey, if it feels good, do it. Yeah, not in our house. <laughs> we try to have those consequences for actions, you know, that they chose. And that's a big thing we talk about too, is, you know, you chose, you had an option. God gave you free will. You have a choice on how you respond you can respond that way, but is it helpful? You can do that, but what are the consequences that led after that? So that would be some of my suggestions on having no good relationships. And don't get me wrong, ours are strained many, many days. But I do feel like my kids come talk to us when they have issues. We pray a lot. We pray the guardian angel prayer and the St. Michael prayer every morning before those kids leave the building. They get holy water, they get doused. And, you know, some mornings like they're running out the door like, mom, what are you doing? I was like, come here, you haven't prayed yet. Get your holy water. And so, you know, it is definitely not all us. We invoke the saints and Jesus and angels and guardian angels at all times. So some great advice there on how to keep praying. You try to keep the dialogue open. You try to show them a lot of hugs and a lot of love. Okay. So what about some specific things, particularly for parents? You've got a teenager. They want a phone, for example. What age mm-hmm. would you suggest? Or maybe it depends on maturity. What kind of blocks are you aware of? You can do, you can have a phone, but only because it has these kind of limits on it. With my oldest, he got a phone the day school ended his seventh grade year. The reason for that was because he was, you know, seventh grade, we tried it out with all of his sports and stuff and he wasn't with us a lot. So it was a smartphone, but it didn't have any social media, anything like that. He could text us. He could call us. It was a communication limited phone somehow. What's nice is, is that we have iPhones But under iPhones, under your Apple ID, you can do family sharing. So we set up family sharing. So me, my husband and my oldest two have phones because Addison has gotten her phone also. And it has on there all kinds of, I don't want to say limits, but like you can limit how much screen time they have on each app. You can have location sharing. You can limit if they can download apps, if they can delete apps, if they're able to purchase stuff without you knowing, like what's pretty cool about it for me is that my oldest has more freedom than my seventh grader. My nine-year-old fourth grader does not have a phone. She does not have an iPod, anything of that sort, even though a lot of her classmates do. I noticed in the second grade with my youngest is that more and more of them were having iPods that they wanted to be on Facebook Messenger and message my kid and all that kind of stuff. So we have everybody on family sharing and there are rules that we have. Like when they get a phone, we have them sign a contract. We're not going to have phones at the dinner table. If we go to grandma's house, I want you to keep the phone in the car or you can bring it in to take pictures, but that's it. I'm trying to teach them and I get caught in the habit where I am at someone's place and I hear my phone buzz. So I pick it up and I eliminate having the conversation with the actual person and I'm trying to be on my phone. So we try to put some stipulations on that. 
with the family sharing, you can set down times where, hey, their phone is completely blocked. They can't get on anything except text messaging or phone calls from 10 p.m. until 8 a.m. And it's nice because it's nice to have that downtime. A mandatory, absolutely no negotiation rule is phones do not stay in your bedroom. There is no phone ever allowed in my kid's bedroom. It is downtime and they're going to bed. All the phones are plugged in in the kitchen. They don't have access to it. And being a youth minister, I've talked to kids, high school kids that they're like, Jody, I got 600 text messages last night and Snapchats and everything else. And I was like, how do you sleep at night? And they're like, well, it's my alarm clock. I have to use it. And my son has used that. Mom, I need it for my alarm clock. Nope, it's fine. We'll get you an alarm clock. Right. Like, <laughs> you can get up. I'll buy you an alarm clock. Yeah, there yes. you go. <laughs> so like when he gets up in the morning, he'll have, you know, however many missed Snapchats and everything else like that. But we do not let phones in the bedroom. Nothing good comes from that. If he's out and about with his friends, he can still text me. So you can have that with my seventh grader. That's going to be an eighth grader. She literally has like one game. I think she has heyday on it that she can play with her friends, but she has time limits on that because it can get addicting where, hey, it's been three hours and you've been sitting on your phone. So we limit time on that. And then we add more and more things. But for us, it's also based on maturity. I've noticed a lot that my son and his friends are very different than my daughter and her friends. Girls and boys, different maturity level. My son, we haven't noticed much bullying online or anything like that. Yes, he sent some dumb stuff. And I'm like, listen, buddy, you just sent this. Why did you do that? Well, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, but it was also degrading someone else. It goes back to the value of life and what that is and how you're portraying yourself. Now, my daughter, the girls are a lot more catty. Middle school, they're saying mean things. I was like, you know what? If they want to text you, they can text you. You're not getting Instagram. You're not getting Snapchat. None of that stuff right now. And she'll come home and be like, mom, I'm the only kid that doesn't have it. And I was like, you'll be okay. So why do you know that? Is that because you look at their phones every night or there's an app? I do not. I do not look at their phones every night, but they know they have random phone checks. It's interesting, I guess, also from my perspective as a youth minister, like I have an Instagram account and a Snapchat account and a Twitter account all for work. And so a lot of kids will follow. And it's just interesting to see some of the stuff that they'll post or some of the stuff that they'll reply to or like. And you're just like, hmm, okay, we need to address that. You think cohabitation is okay and sex before marriage is okay and that kind of stuff. It gives me an added perspective of what some of the kids that are older than them that they're doing that leads to good conversations that we can have at home. There's all kinds of situations where kids can share a link to something and it ends up being, hey, friend me, and it ends up as a porn star and it's a direct link to their porn hub, whatever it is. And so then they're seeing that. The one thing we do do, we purchase Covenant Eyes and that is on everybody's devices. It's on my husband's, it's on mine, it's on our home computer and we all have our own accounts. And the nice thing with that is it'll give you reports about like somebody tries to type in like hot girls or whatever. It'll give you a report saying, hey, here are three different websites that we had a block because this is what was typed in. So then it again, not condemning the kids, but leads them to conversation. I noticed you typed this in. What were you looking for? What was the purpose of that? We do have that. And that has, it's been interesting because that has helped a couple times. Kids are curious, but back in the day, 
I remember kids would come to school with a Playboy. It was a picture, an awful picture, but it was a picture. Right. And that was their first experience of pornography or whatever. And now I think they say the average age is nine, that a kid is being exposed. And it's not just a picture. It's a live, hardcore video of people doing things that married people don't do. And they're getting this idea that this is what love is. I think that's another thing is like really having discussions with your kids about what true, authentic, Christ-centered love is. Because in this world, in this day and age, like everybody loves everything. I love my coffee. I love this. I mean, we had an experience where my daughter was trying to reach out to a classmate who was pretty alienated and says hello to them. And I was like, hey, if you ever need someone to talk. And the next day, this girl spread rumors that they're now boy they're now girlfriend and girlfriend having the discussion about what true authentic love is and how you can be nice to people and kind to people and it doesn't mean that you have this distorted view of what the world is telling us love is and what love should be all right so let's talk a little bit more about that covenant eyes real quick it has some blocking on it that you can control with it but then beyond that what you put the two parents email addresses in and then everything well, you just go to you can go to covenanteyes.com and i think it's like 15 bucks a month for an entire family and you can have as many devices as you want and then you go in and like each person has a login it's on their phones it's always logged in because it's their individual login code but then you can set it based on their needs so like my nine-year-old if she gets on the computer she has to type in her covenant eyes login in order for the internet to work okay and then she can go and search on google anything she wants but it'll block anything that's not appropriate right based on her age based on her being nine now my son and my daughter they have different settings because they're older and so they're going to want to do that and then on their phones it's automatically on their phones for their settings. And then it's nice because they'll send, you can put accountability partners. So I can put, okay, my husband, um, he's going to get emails on me if I'm doing anything or vice versa. So we just were like, hey, you know what? We all need this because you can get down dark paths on those internet. Have you so do some searching on Google and if you can't change the default of safe search, right? If you can't huh. change that, if you can't take that off. If you do a search, for example, female models or something, yeah. right? You're not going to get pornography, nope. but you're going to get a bunch of images, you know, of something. Would that be restricted at all? Or would it just sent be flagged and sent to, oh, your, your kid did this search? If you put it in like for Olivia's at nine, it would probably be blocked. For Ethan, it would probably come up, but none of the porn sites associated with that would come up. So he can probably click on the images and there might be images of models and bikinis or, you know, whatever, but there's not going to be any naked pictures coming up. Like, would you be warned? Do do you know with something? Yeah. So I guess you can get like emails once a day. We don't get them once a day. We get them once a week. And then it just comes up and they'll even take screenshots and blur them out. Like if something inappropriate came up. Then they also have the web addresses that were clicked on or typed into. Does it just tell you everything or is it smart enough to say, hey, this is a particular search that seemed questionable? It'll just put the search that seemed questionable. The nine-year-old is going to have different block settings than the 40-year-old. Now, in our case, we have a home computer through Microsoft and they each have their own account. Already. Uh-huh. So you sit down at the computer and you have to log in just to use the computer in of yep. itself. If you know how it would work, if you have coming in eyes and you already have that first step, 
Do you know? Would you have to log in twice? Log in to use the computer? Then you know, I'm not sure because we have it where the big kicker is when you're using the computer. Like if I'm using the computer, I have to log out of the internet, like log out of my covenant eyes, and then it just pops up so the next person can log in. Right. If I just walk away from the computer, then it's logged in. The nine year old can come on there and because it's going to be for my settings instead of her settings. That would be a great question for Covenant Eyes. And they are so helpful. Like when we set everything up, I called them on the phone and they literally spent 30 minutes and set up every device for me. And then if you have questions, so they're very reachable. The reason we went with Covenant Eyes is we had Matt Frad at our parish probably four or five years ago. And he obviously is a very Catholic speaker on anti-pornography issues. Right. And so he talked about that. And like the Covenant Eyes, it's very a Catholic-based organization. That's a few things more related to handheld and computer devices. What about television in of itself? We got rid of cable a long time ago. So we have like Disney <laughs> Plus. Go. You know, all of ours are streaming services. To log into the streaming services, they have to punch a code right. into the remote. I think that you can go in for like Disney and you can put in different things that you can't. But those are each things that you have to do differently with each streaming service to block. Okay, but so various streaming services have their own filters and that's what you use. Covenant Eyes doesn't control the television. But Covenant Eyes doesn't work on PlayStations. I think you can put it on the smart TVs also. But, you know, you used to feel like these Disney Junior was was pretty safe. But like you were just talking about something from last night, right? We were living yeah. in an age now where they're trying to teach children that yeah. homosexual relations are normal. Even transgender is becoming that as well. Are you kind of of the opinion, well... When that comes up, we just talk about it. Or do you go, now that I've seen that on that show, I'm not going to let them watch the show anymore. I mean, where where are you on that? It is very hard to find any show right. that doesn't, is, have <laughs> doesn't have it. We're a big sports family. It's hard to even watch a sporting event and not be bombarded with it just because the commercials are the like commercials. that also. So with us, we probably need to do a better job with it, but. I mean, my kids don't sit in front of the TV all day. Like right. they have limits on it. And I think that goes back to like the kids with consequences. Like if you say something, you need to mean it. So if you give them a consequence like, hey, I find out you're watching something like that. And then the internet's going to be paused for three days, then pause the dang internet for three days. Lots of parents don't want to parent anymore. <laughs> and it's constant. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, it's 1030 and they're still up. I want to go to bed. You have to be in the fight on a minute by minute basis. And so mean what you say and say what you mean and surround yourself with other families that you can have these discussions with that'll help keep you on the straight and narrow. Do you have kind of a suggestion like, okay, when they're in school, this isn't even going to be an issue between homework and being at school and activities and up, but during the summer or on weekends, you have like, okay, regardless, you've got your computer you got your television okay you can't watch more than one hour or is it three hours or is it what are your limits for media in total when they've got nothing to do all day well i make sure my kids have stuff to do all day okay, um, whether it's chores or whatever but you know usually that's prerequisite you got to get your chores done your activities done before you can get on there with the tv Usually, I mean, we're bad because I don't necessarily know if we have limits. I have limits. My son has limits on his PlayStation playing because for me, back in the day, I want to go hang out physically with my friends and we go, you know, go to the park or whatever. These guys want to sit 
in the dark basement and play the PlayStation right. and talk with each other. So usually like two to three hours, but it, it goes quick. And like, mom, can I have some more? So usually I'm a little bit more lenient on the weekends. Like during school, he doesn't get PlayStation time. We have limited access to all that stuff, but we're also busy. It's not like they're sitting at home and I'm not letting them do anything. It's they're going to practice or they're going to church or they have 4-H or whatever. But we definitely try to keep limits on that. I think those are a lot of great tips, Jody. Is there anything else you felt like I should have asked you or you wanted to share? Make sure you and your spouse are on the same page. Be consistent and have consequences if they break whatever rules you put into place and be open with them. Hey, like, listen, I'm not trying to punish you by limiting your time because you're going to hear, but mom, so-and-so can be on it all the time and they don't have limits. Do what is right for you and your family. Be aware. You don't need to just be concerned with your 15-year-old seeing pornography or getting into crap online. You need to be concerned with the little ones too, because you would be amazed at how many kids are given those handheld devices at very, very young ages. Well, thanks, Jody, for talking with us today about media and about protecting your kids online and on television. I'm sure the families can use a lot of the advice we talked about today and try to implement some of those things so that we can try to take advantage of the technology that we have today while keeping our kids and families safe at the same time. So thanks for spending time with us today, Jody. Hey, thank you very much. You have a great day. God bless. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website, view more resources talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash Thanks again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.